Today on the show, I sit down with Rolf Schrumgens. He is one of the co-founders of Trivago and also an equity investor in entrepreneurial teams. He is currently heading up an initiative on leadership, which is, is part of the reason that I had him on this program. We sat down to talk about innovation in leadership and motivation. He is quite innovative in his approach to team building and creating the workspace in the corporate environment. And so I had him on the program to talk about this and also the psychology of motivation and his experience in this environment. Please continue to support the podcast by rating and reviewing it in Apple Podcasts and share it with a friend. If you know someone that you think would enjoy the podcast, please share it with them. Help me get the word out and I can continue bringing this to you and get more guests on the program. Also, if you're enjoying the content that I'm providing for you, please make a donation. Go to thestoryofmepodcast.com and on the contact page, there's a donate button. Please make a donation. Help support the podcast. You can follow me on all social media. There are links on the podcast website. And don't forget, I'm doing a special episode with guest co-host Mia Ganda. And we're going to answer your questions related to emotional connection, authenticity, intimacy, and relationships. So please go to the storyofmepodcast.com to the contact page and record your question to be answered on the program. Okay, and it must be time to get it going as the cow is signaling me to get the program started. <laughs> so let's get to it. Beautiful am I Bountiful am I Blissful am I Beautiful am I Welcome to the story of me with Amarjit Singh. This is where my guests and I share personal stories from our life and explore the psychological insights that were learned from these experiences. Each story will entertain you, as well as increase your understanding of your own psychological patterns. Then, through the principles of yoga psychology, you will learn how to overcome the resistance that is holding you back from living a more fulfilling life. Join me every Tuesday for a new episode, where I share my experiences in psychological understanding, interview guests, and answer listener questions. Now let's get started with the podcast that awakens your inner power through awareness and understanding. Welcome to the show. Thank you for joining me today. For those of you who are new, my name is Amarjit Singh and I am your host. For old listeners, welcome back. It's good to have everyone here. How is life treating you these days? How are things going? Today on the program, I sit down with Rolf Schrumgens. He is the co-founder of Trivago, which is a global hotel search website, which had a revenue over 800 million euros. Now, this is not, of course, a business podcast, 
but I thought it would be interesting because I had the opportunity to visit Trivago. I was invited there in 2019 to give a talk to the employees on authenticity. And it was in their Mallorca offices, beautiful Mallorca, Spain. It was a nice time there. And I was shown around the offices, and it was quite interesting because it didn't look like a typical corporation. It looked more like a, I don't know, a home environment or a more warm environment with different places set up, different workstations, I guess you would call them. And it seemed very casual. And once I talked to some of the employees and and sat down with Rolf, it's interesting because he had a very innovative way in looking at the management of the employees. There were no job titles. The employees made their own hours and decided when they would take their own time off. And this was never checked up on or or looked at because he didn't believe that it was necessary to evaluate people based on time, but rather the productivity. And so he had a very innovative way at looking at this issue with management of people and motivation and tried to employ all these innovative techniques to really get the most out of people, not because he was paying them a lot higher than the competitors, but because he was empowering the employees to express themselves in a more productive way. And it was very successful for him. Like I said, he started this company up and eventually got over 800 million euros in uh, revenue. And so since then, he's been doing some other things. He's started an investment company, which invests in entrepreneurial partnerships. And he started a leadership initiative to help really explore this idea of innovation and different techniques for motivating people that were more authentic, taking into account really the person and not so much classifying them as a job title and a uh, dollar amount. And this gave more job satisfaction to the employees. And he invited many different types of speakers like me to come speak to the employees, which gave them more of an opportunity to grow and learn in different ways, not just the typical corporate way. And uh, I think it was a really interesting approach. And it really looked at maybe the way to go forward in this future of trying to value the employees like customers or value them more than just classifying them as a title and a number. And he's a very interesting guy. And then we also got into... About halfway through the talk, we got into kind of the psychology of his own experience arriving at this position because, of course, he went through many failures in his life to get to the point where he did have these successes. And we talked a little bit about the psychology in his personal life and 
this is what I'm here to do, is to kind of show you the story of people who have done something and how they have overcome something or how they have looked at things in a innovative way to address maybe an old issue. And this was definitely one of them. And so it was a very interesting conversation. And I, I suggest that you also listen to his podcast, which is Leadership Sprouts on Apple Podcast and Spotify. I'll put links in the show notes for this episode on the uh, Story of Me podcast website. Like I said, this is not a business podcast, but I think it was interesting to really understand how someone can take an issue, especially one that many people deal with working in the corporate environment, and how to have an innovative way at looking at it and really understanding what motivates people, not just to do a job, but to do something that they enjoy doing and to keep them there and to help them grow. And this was one interesting thing. I listened to quite a few interviews with him before I did this podcast with him. And one of the themes that came up was his value of the employee relationship. And he was asked many times, what was your proudest moment of going from the startup of this company to taking it public? And he kept coming back to looking at how the employees grew in their role within the company and also in their personal life, how this really affected them. And I think this was very important to notice this difference. And maybe this is what's going to be happening in the future as things change in the work environment and we realize that infinite growth is unsustainable in the long term and that this isn't really the best way to interact with people and to stimulate their creativity and to induce them to really connect to not just this job, but to their expression. Because this is what I went and gave the talk on at the company, is on authenticity and what this means within the yogic perspective, but also really in in life, what it means to express yourself authentically. And what I see is that eventually there isn't going to be this shift in personalities that we once had where it's you acted one way in your personal life and then you went to work and you acted a different way. And like I said, maybe because of the year we had and and many people losing their jobs and and having to reevaluate your life and how you interact with your professional life, that maybe many of you will be creating some different way of looking at how you express yourself at your personal life and how you express yourself in your professional life, maybe that there will be really mainly one type of expression and it won't be this duality. And there will be more authenticity and uh, maybe then there will be more honesty, more uh, connection in the workspace and more satisfaction with the relationships and the expression that is made in this environment. So here's the conversation I had with Rolf Schrömgens. 
All right, welcome to the podcast, Rolf. Thanks for joining me today. It's good to have you. Thanks a lot for the invite. Um, I'm very happy to be here. Yeah, I think it's going to be very interesting. Obviously, this is not a business podcast, if you've heard it at all. Uh, I don't, even though my background, I do have some background in business. It's more of the psychology that I'm interested in. You know, you've you've accomplished quite a bit, which in and itself is 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 really interesting, and we can probably learn a lot about the psychological struggles that you went through to to achieve these uh, objectives in in your life. But also, what I found really interesting is your style of management or leadership or of really just your perspective in life when it comes to the business world, because we don't see um, people with this, maybe this is changing now, but at least when I was in business, I worked on Wall Street, and it's very traditional there. Mm -hmm. And so you don't see this kind of innovation in the in the workplace. And I had the opportunity to visit your offices in Majorca, where I was invited to give a lecture on authenticity to your employees. And and uh, I was shown around your office, and it's quite interesting, just the environment of, of the office. It's, it's not what you would think a typical business environment would be. It's almost like someone's home that just had all these rooms and people were sitting around and working. And I found this very interesting. Uh, maybe if, if this existed when I was working, I maybe I'd still be in the corporate world. I don't know. But then I started kind of investigating about you and, and learned that this is, you know, this idea you have of leadership. And, and I find this very interesting. And so maybe we start off just giving an overview for the listeners of the couple companies that you created. And then we can kind of go into some of these philosophies of how – you look at your employees, how you look at your team members, maybe is a better word, mm -hmm. and just your perspective on, you know, when we think of business, for those of you in, in the business world, it's always growth, growth, growth. What are the, the, the quarterly growth marks and, and have we reached them? Are we not going to reach them? And working in investment banking, this is all you focus on, really. <laughs> you, the, the, what the business does is kind of a side product of, of, of this. And... I was watching one interview that you gave, I think it was Bloomberg News, you were giving an interview after your company went public. And the woman kept asking you, how did your perspective change once you went public? And she was trying to drive at the force that now you're, you're, you know, at the at the behest of the shareholders, and you have to keep answering to them and focus on the earnings. And, and, and you didn't get there, you, you just kept going, well, now, you know, I can look at the employees, and I don't uh, have this idea of, of you know, focusing on this 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 way of doing business, and I thought this was very interesting. So, like I said, maybe you start off with the the companies that you started, and mm -hmm. and your then we can get into the management style of not having titles and this type of thing. Yeah, sure. Um, yeah, I, I try to give you a bit of a perspective where I'm coming from. So, um, so so I I, I grew up um, um, in my fa my family's business, so uh, which is a very small. Uh, very small, but a small restaurant in uh, in, a, in, a, uh, in a small city in Germany. Uh, that's where I grew up, and I think it was very important uh, later on for for my development because um, I, I grew up in the guest room, right? So I grew up uh, in between the guests. I was to always talking to everybody, uh, you know, ch chatted like uh, with, with people that were way way too too. Uh, 
out of my age to chat with, right? But I, I always try to be to be uh, to be around there and talk to everybody. And um, so, so my parents wanted me to take over the restaurant, and still decided to go into business, into the business world. And uh, I got very quickly fascinated and fascinated by the business world because it seemed to be this, like um, this well of unlimited opportunity. You know, you could reach everything. You know, you could build everything and so on. And uh, that there's no limitation because I grew up and thought, okay, there's a lots of limitations and you can't do that. And uh, but but and that's what I learned that there is this unlimited space that you can create yourself right and that just by your own ideas and um and so but but then i, I couldn't imagine to go to like uh, like uh, to work as a banker whatsoever because i really wanted to explore the space and uh, and so i started my first company basically still being a student um in my in my uh, graduate school and um And uh, and started this together with my fellow students. Um, it was during this first big internet bubble in Europe in the 99, 2000s, basically. And and uh, we did it kind of the traditional way. So we were um, like um, we were uh, raising money very quickly. Um, people were really stupidly really throwing money at us, I have to say, uh, because we were like 23 year old guys, and and we were after half a year. Or so we collected, I think, like 40 million euro in in funding yeah so um so it's it, it was a crazy time um we, we we built this company but also after a very short time the company was more or less run by our investors so we we, we did not really have impact on on how the business should go anymore because basically investors always thought to to be able to run the business and better than us so and this was of course con completely contrary to my in, or the original intention to to create this free space of being able to create something And this is actually when I left the company. So I, I just gave my shares away um, and uh, didn't get get anything for it, more or less. And uh, and and I said, okay, no, that's it. You know, I don't want to do this anymore. I want to do something else. I will just do the next thing. And then I had a, a you know like couple of failures. I went through companies I started, which didn't work out um, until I was more or less more or less bankrupt and uh, and um and that moment uh, i started uh, the idea of trivago which was around 2004 2005 um and uh, and the second time i started uh, when i started trivago i thought I, i'll do it this time i will do it differently I, i cannot imagine to 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 basically you know raise a lot of money and and then being trapped in my own company after a while again so i really wanted to be able to to keep control and 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 create my ideal or our ideal way of how to structure a company and and uh, for that basically it was necessary to become an engineer so i was not an engineer so i was i was just like a business person right and so i learned uh, coding and uh, and for the first years we coded trivago more or less ourselves so my my co-founders and me and uh, and that gave us a chance basically uh, that we didn't have to take money from investors and um And so, so more or less, like uh, Trivago uh, was completely, nearly completely built, with, uh, built without any any venture capital. Yeah, so we just grown it out of its cash flows, basically. To to then later on, 2016, uh, you know, went public. Uh, we we floated on Nasdaq, and and um, and now it's not even close to that anymore. But we were, you know, up to I think something like eight billion valuation or so. Um, so that was that was basically but but we we we've grown it completely completely out of cash flow that was a very different approach and and because of that i think we were able to 
to try out a lot of things, especially on the field in the field of leadership and, and how we want to motivate people. How how do we do we want as as leaders interact with the people? Um, so so we were able to try them out because we didn't have the pressure of the markets. We didn't have the pressure of the financial world on us. Um, and 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 I think that led to some amazing experiences that we could make there. Um, so it was kind of our little biotope, like a little place where you could just try things that could grow and they were not always uh, basically, you know, they would not always be challenged by the outside world, but we could just do things that made sense, right? And we did not have to uh, do things because other people did them before. Now, now the ideas for for doing things in this different way, where where did they come from? Did you study this in school? What did you study when you were in the school? Yeah, so I, I'm 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 a business major, so I I did uh, I studied um, like economics in my in my undergraduate studies, and then later on um, I did my MBA. Um, so so yeah. I think a lot of the approaches that I initially tried out were from the books. Um, but I quickly found out that they do not work. And, mm-hmm. and then I, I looked for other inspiration. And, um, and I often found inspiration in, in other fields, like, for example, psychology or so, and, and thought, okay, this is actually not the way of how, how this can work. This is, not, this is not something that will ultimately... Uh, make me make us as a company more successful, and yeah, and then and then we just adapted it. So so I think a lot of these things that we tried out, they were trial and error. They were we do something, it doesn't work. How can we improve it? And 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 then you develop away from the systems which are known into something which is rather unknown and which is unusual. And I think that is what happened. And so when you started Trivago, did you start automatically with the idea of no job titles and no job descriptions, or is that something that came later? No. No, we started in a very conventional way, I have to say. So we started really in a conventional way because we only had very conventional kind of uh, – so, 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 I mean, we, we all studied in the same university. It was – yes, it was a young university. It was a startup, but it's still in, in the teachings, it was very conventional. And um, and so we, we we you know where should we take these ideas from? They were not coming out of, made out of thin air, right? So we we started with the things that we knew, and we started with the traditional way of how businesses were built. We started with titles and with working hours and with all of this nonsense, and we got to the point where we thought this doesn't make sense. You know, it really doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense that I I differentiate people on twenty different levels from each other. You know, and it doesn't help the communication. It doesn't help uh, um, the information that is that is popping up to us. It doesn't improve um, the the quality of of information. And and I think that is that is like something that we we realized over time, right? That we that we that we just in the moment where you give a title to one person, it seems always like a big win, right? So you think like, okay, you know, I give somebody a title, and then. They're happy because uh, you know they 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 can differentiate themselves from the others. You know, and I'm now better than all of you guys. Mm-hmm. The problem is that at the same time, and you don't realize it, everybody else right says, "Oh, you know, now everybody else becomes worth a little bit less because as one person, it becomes worth more, right?" Uh, but but that is what you don't think about in that moment. So you think it's a net positive, 
while actually it's a net negative. And and it's it's something that is just so, you know, so 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 it's 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 sounds so counterintuitive, right? And that's why when you're looking at a lot of startups, even you're looking at this huge kind of like um you know like cancer growth of title right so so where, where, like everybody has a title and everybody is a vice president and an executive vice president and senior executive vice president and, <laughs> and yeah and all those business cards with different titles <laughs> yeah and 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 because it you think it's a cheap it's a cheap it's a cheap uh, currency and uh, you know and what what happens to every currency happens to titles and the moment where you print too much money it's becoming worthless you know and it's counterproductive yeah. Oh, I've been at these companies where instead of giving you the raise, they give you a better title. And you're just like, well, what does this mean? This Everyone has this title. But the, the thing that, that struck me as the most interesting aspect of this is, is and I'm guessing this is the foundation for all this, is, is motivation. To motivate the employees to, one, take initiative and to be creative. And, and so this is – was this the, the kind of foundation for why all this was, was – Reevaluated, yeah, and and all of the all of the team, right? So I think I think it's the it's the it's the it's what what we saw is that the the value is not. I, I I think we live in a world where we think that most of the value is created by the leaders, and I I think that's simply not true. I think that's vastly overestimated, and and I think that the creation of value is probably way more balanced out in the company that you, that it might appear, might appear. And we always look to the leaders and we always look to their decisions and we say, okay, they make the difference. And I'm not so sure about that anymore. So um, I'm, I'm not so sure if that's really, if this single decision is at the end, and it's not, at least in a larger complex system, if it is, if a single decision really makes a difference or if it's not the millions or thousands and millions of, of, of decisions that are at the end taken by every little person in in a company, little yeah, sorry, but every person in a company, and 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 I think that is something that we found, that that we for us found out that way more value is created there, and it's not about motivating the few and putting them on top of others, but it's really about how can I motivate the basics? How can I motivate everybody in the company? How can I, how can I use the creativity of everybody in a company and not only of a few people? Yeah, and 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 we think that there is a lot uh, that there is a lot of truth in that. So there is there is a lot of creativity in so many people, and we we don't make use of that. And that happens in organizations where where people basically they do their job, but they they have not they have basically already quitted, right? They are sitting on their chair, and they they're doing what they what what you know what's visible for for others to see. But but, yeah. but that's what they that's what they do. They're not like they don't put their heart in, in it, right? Now, and, and and how much and how much more productive could we be could we be if if more people would really put their heart in it because they see that they have an impact and they see that they're respected and they're seen in the in the, in the individuality, right? And 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 in the moment where where this happens, I think an organization can be way more productive as well. So that is my 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 belief and. And I think that we we kind of showed it with Trivago, and and we want to show it even more in the future. But 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 I, th I think there is a lot of there. I've seen that there is a lot of truth in that. And can you talk then, just so the listeners understand this a little bit about instead of the titles, you have what is the three 
types of people, the developers, was it, and the executors <laughs> and the supporters? Is, is this kind of how, how the that framework was, is? Yeah, that was an intermediate. I, mean, I see you, you listened to, to, uh, to, to some of my, to some of my uh, uh, videos. Yeah. Um, I think that was early stage of it. I la la okay. later, later on, this was something which, I, which, we, which we really kind of like adapted. But in an mm -hmm. early phase, that was was in the idea, yeah. So because, um, so so basically, what we said is we 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 don't we want we want to reduce kind of these these hierarchies in a massive way, and we we say okay, basically, um, we have these three levels, uh, um, and 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 basically, like the developers, every developer feels like a. A, like an entrepreneur, right? So we don't have managers in these positions. We have basically a lot of entrepreneurs, a lot of people who are then also um, who are uh, participating in the success of the company, right? So like every every developer was basically a person who was also participating in the success of the company, uh, and which which we were we were seeing as an entrepreneur. So something that usually exists only in a company once. We want we wanted to put a lot of people on on, on that level already as well, right? With us basically, right? Mm -hmm. so that was the idea of it. Um, and then what basically um, um, I don't even know what what was the second level developer and the second level was, the executor, executor and supporter. Yeah, executor would be basically what would we would what you would in another company would be a manager. So that would be the expectation to an executor and mm -hmm. and like a, like the the normal. Um, uh, uh, Employee would be the supporter, but 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 actually we went away from that. So even that was at the end was too much of a of a hierarchy for us. Yeah. And so what did um, you go into from this? We we didn't. I think at the end we did not. So we we had just people being responsible for an area, but we we were not differentiating there anymore. We had a couple of leadership positions where, um, for example, in the, the developer moved into. Into they split it up into two groups basically, um, where we we said one one of those groups were more like the the topic leads, so they were people who really really like were responsible for specific topics within the company, specific areas areas of responsibility, um, and we had the other group which was uh, responsible for a tree of people for a tribe, so they were the tribe leaders. And and so we had this different kind of like we so we didn't have like one hierarchy anymore, but we had like different kind of hierarchies basically, depending on roles. Yeah, and uh, it was not anymore like there is like always my, my boss and the boss's boss, and this is how it's structured. Uh, but it was it it was organized in a different way. It was it was organized on in, in different. We had different hierarchies. We had three different or three different systems basically where people could operate in the role systems. And yeah, so 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 we 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 really broke a lot with a lot of ideas, which how a company usually should be structured. And and so when when it came to the job reviews, from what I heard on some of these interviews, then it was the employees that were evaluating each other instead of mm -hmm. the typical the boss doing this. And, and yeah, did this feel like a, a better way? I mean, were the results positive in the fact that people were more fair or how did this work? Because, you know, without the job titles, maybe mm. there's less politics, I don't know, in the office. And mm -hmm. then this worked out well. What was the psychology of the people evaluating each other? Mm. 
Yeah, um, so, so, I, so I, first of all, I think it was a big exercise in humbleness. Um, I think every feedback that you get um, is an exercise in humbleness, um, and especially when it's uh, very unbiased and clear and unpolitical feedback. And, mm-hmm. um, and I think that's we try to create a room for, for feedback and for personal development. And, um, and in this room, first of all, I think it's important that it's a, a trusted room. So you need to create a, a trustful environment. I think that's the most important thing. I think when, when the trustful environment is not there, I think nothing of this can, can work. And then we gave people a room to basically get reflection about themselves and and be confronted with this con- continuously. And so it's there's also kind of a has also kind of a scrutiny because because basically like really like making it necessary for somebody to constantly look at their the, the feedback the anonymous feedback that they get is is just is very it's very hard sometimes. So it's really hard to get get this really honest feedback and also especially when you not get it from one person but when you're getting honest feedback from like 30 person all around you uh, this is putting you of course um, into uh, so so first of all it makes it really hard for you to flee from it usually you would always if it if one person is giving you feedback then you can always say you know he's biased she's biased she gave me that feedback Mm. but you know but it's because of her it's not because of me it's very easy to do that, right? And basically, you go through a whole work life always thinking that you are perfect, and that's always basically the yeah. other people uh, having a problem. And and that's very easy to do, actually. But in the moment where you're not only getting feedback from one person, but basically everybody you are interacting with, I think it's super super hard to push this away. You know, to really say this is something which is you know this this uh, you know I, I I don't have to deal with it. Yes, you have to deal with it in that moment. And and that is a lesson in in for ev- and everybody has to deal with it on on basically everybody in the company. So it's, there's no exceptions, including myself. And and I th- I think that's super super tough. But it gives you also the chance to think about your weak spots, about your or your blind spots, your your biases, your shadows, and uh, it gives you the chance to work on them. And and um, this is the first thing. So so first of all, it opens up a room in which you're going into a critical position with yourself so you, you you are able to start you starting to think about yourself and because of that i think there is also on the other side there is the opportunity to let other opinions in right which is otherwise hard so if your ego is too strong and if it's unbroken and so on i think it's super super hard to 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 get to let to let others opinion in and and, and let them exist coexist with your own and, and and so do you do you think in this environment that the employee relations were maybe a little more well-rounded or even deeper than you would get in a typical office where people are more staying away from getting involved with the the personalities of the people as much as possible, maybe interacting on a more superficial level. Mm. It seems to me that in this environment, and just the feeling I got from visiting the office too, that people maybe – had deep, a little deeper connections because they were more rounded, well-rounded rather than just, okay, you mm. do this for me and I do this for you. Yeah. Not to mention that it probably, maybe you can talk about this, it, it probably attracted people who were a little more introspective because mm-hmm. like you said, you have to be constantly able to let go of aspects of your ego to to 
continue in this environment. Otherwise, it's going to be a very big struggle. Yeah, yeah, no, hundred percent, hundred percent agree. So I think, I think that um, I think it's on one hand it's a prerequisite. So I think on one hand it's a prerequisite that you create an environment where people are kind of like where they have a trust trustful relationship. So I think that is something that you have to to bring in in the beginning to make this exchange possible. But then the exchange on top of it deepens, of course, relationships, and it 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 makes me. And I think the introspection um, makes me also a more social person, right? So it makes makes me a person which is better able to cope with myself and my relationships to others. And I think that's why that's why this is deepened by by this process of of, of giving feedback, definitely. Yeah. Well, also, if you have a vested interest, if this person is going to be reviewing you, you want them to really know who you are. You want to maybe open up a little more than you would in another. Uh, corporate environment or something like this. And so maybe you're a little more forthcoming with who you are and in, in actuality, then this helps you connect better and deeper with the, with the, the yeah. people in your environment. I mean, like I said, I, I, I don't know how many companies invite a yogi in to speak on uh, authenticity <laughs> to, to the employees, but they're really receptive to it. And it was, and it was really nice. And I can feel that the people seemed a little more, in tune with with understanding their own self expression. Yeah, I'm 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 really really happy that you made this experience uh, with us uh, there, and um, and and because it's, it makes you know it's really something that was very that was very important for me that this is possible that it's possible to to have to 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 listen to different very different people. I listened to to uh, other speakers that you invited, and it was such a wide variety of speakers. It was very interesting. Yeah, yeah, and 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 that's the was the idea of it, right? So, so we wanted to 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 create this openness for for very different personalities, and and to to listen to them and see what you can learn, you know. And 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 I think there's, I think every human being has a story, and uh, of course, not all have like that interesting story like you yourself, but 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 there's but nearly but every human being has a story and i think um, from every human being there's a chance to to learn something and, and 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 we wanted to show like a wide variety of it right and we wanted to 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 give people the chance to to position themselves to them and see okay what you know what 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 do i learn what do i like what do i not like you know and, and i think it's only possible when you when you do that, so when you get people in in in, in co- into contact with very different different personalities, and um, and 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 of course it's also a part right of of like how you hire, you know, like how you create teams, bringing bringing very different personalities together, and and I know that I mean you you coming from from also the financial world, you know, I mean at the end, you know, um, you know I, I I think I think at the end a company to be successful a company has today to be the best possible uh information processing machine basically yeah so 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 basically like the the dimension of your success is is very much defined by by how good are you as a company to process information and and um and and to be really good in processing information you just need also very different perspectives on on problems yeah 
So, so if you are, if you are, if you are, have all the same perspectives, and, and and unfortunately that happens often also in the in the financial world where you have basically all people with all the same backgrounds often, right? And then they all you put them all into into one group of people, and then and then something like I don't know the 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 what happens two thousand eight happens, right? Because everybody mm. is just like is is has you know is just looking in one direction, and nobody is really having kind of the scope to really see the whole thing. You know, and and I think that is super dangerous in a complex world. This is super dangerous if you want to solve complex problems. You 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 cannot have a homo, homogeneous team which just looks in one direction. You have to get different impulses from different sides, and you have to bring different people together. Yeah. Well, the the, the thing that I find interesting is, you know, my experience. To me, the most important thing is self-expression. No matter what you do, even if you don't have a job, it's some form of self-expression and everyone has something in them, whether it's, it's, it's some way of expressing themselves or some new idea, whatever it is. And when you were interviewed, uh, I forget who was interviewing you, and they asked, what was the most uh, proud moment of Trivago? And I, I don't know if they were expecting you to say uh, the money that it's made or whatever, but you said watching the development of the employees and how they developed. And this is kind of what I get from from my experience of interacting with your company and what I've seen is that you really put value in the self-expression of the individual employees and try to take away the restrictions that classified them or that, like you said, put them in a framework where they say, okay, if I, as long as I'm in this framework, I'm doing my role or my position, my job. But you kind of took down those borders and, and allowed them to find different ways to express themselves. And and so I, I'm guessing because of your philosophy of this, you attracted people who had this more, even if they were in the accounting department, a little more creative focus in the form of how do I express myself in this role? Mm. Yeah, I, th I think at the end, I think most of people somehow have that inside of them. I think every, I think everybody wants to self-express. Everybody wants to put something out there in the world somehow that's con contribute in, in a way, right? And, and the ways might be super, mm. super different. But I think this is a very important part of me as a human being that there is something out, out there that I can create. And, um, and and as I said before, that was always super important for me that to be able to create something, to, to build something myself. And and I think I think at the end it's about giving people creating a space for people to do that, right? So and 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 we created this space and and you would you would be surprised how many people like like people take it even if they did not knew about it before that they want to take it, you know? So so mm -hmm. you you're right, of course you attract a specific person type of people that might be true yeah but but of course the filter works not like a hundred percent before like the so, so, so people also get in somehow which are not have not been motivated by by this before with not been on the more creative creative side yeah but in the moment where you open up a space it's incredible like like how high the percentages of human beings that take the space that fill the space with something well, this is really what brings satisfaction to people. It's being able to express yourself completely. You know, you, you can, like myself, I was making lots of money, but it was such a boring job I was doing. And I was feeling like anyone can do this. You can put someone else in the same role and they can do this. 
I need to find something that I'm expressing myself that only I can do this. And mm-hmm. and whether this was in a different corporate environment or, or like I'm doing now, but I think this is really what we're starting to find is the true motivation for people because the opposite of this is what? Being depressed because you feel you have no meaning in your life. And when you're expressing yourself completely, you feel that you have more meaning. And this is what everyone is searching for. They may not understand this or be able to articulate it, but deep down, this is what everyone is searching for is how do I express myself completely where I feel that there's no other way I could have done this. And some people think it's hoarding money or, or doing buying big cars or whatever it is. But then what happens when they get there is then they start getting even more depressed because it doesn't right. work. And and so this is kind of the philosophy I saw. You know, you're giving your employees this this idea saying, okay, there's you take your the amount of days off that you need, but make sure this job is getting done. And even your your answer to do you look at this? You said no, I don't look at this because if I did, then I'd start measuring it. Mm-hmm. And and so the employees, it was up to them to decide what days they took off. Right? Is this how yeah, it went? That's, that, that's true. Yeah, because um, because we we ultimately thought it doesn't doesn't make sense, you know, to tell people at least in a, in a creative environment uh, like like in which we were working, where where nearly every every position has had some kind of creativity right so I'm, I'm my definition of creativity is quite broad right so i i would say whenever some somebody is putting something new in the world it's a creative process it doesn't have to be a painter or whatsoever so every every oh, time exactly. somebody right everybody yeah, some, yeah. something somebody puts something new in the world it's a creation and so i think i think like and we work 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 in an environment where basically like most of the jobs were a creation and in, in that moment, you realize, or after a while, I didn't realize in the very beginning, but after a while, you realize that it just doesn't make sense to measure the time that somebody needs for creation and make that basically the, the major criteria. Because if you're honest, the time somebody spends is, is for 99% of the company is the major criteria if somebody is productive, right? So, so basically, they say, okay, I have... 50 employees, and if, when I have 100 employees, I will be twice as productive. So I hire 50 more. Or, you know, if somebody, uh, you know, either can work ha- like half time and then they're half as productive or can they get work, work full time, right? So so basically 99% of companies make time basically a measure of, of productivity. And, um, and, and it's simply not true anymore. Mm-hmm. Because in a creative process, a creative process is, is the, the, the time is just not well correlated anymore with the output that is generated. Yeah, so you cannot say that like double as much time, like in a production plant, right? So like when you're on a production line, double as much time brings you to double as much output. But in a crea- creative job, double double as much time doesn't double the output. You know, it's other factors that double maybe the output, but it, but time is just not well correlated anymore. So putting basically the whole weight on time only is just extremely unproductive. And, and and I think that is something that 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 is not understood. It's it's in the, in the vast majority of, of 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 the business world, this is not understood. And I think it's it's insane. And um and and, and the good thing is, in the moment where you take this criteria away, where you where you say, okay, you know, like I don't want to look at it anymore, right? 
in that moment, you, you open up a new dimension of, okay, what does creation look like for me? Like you have to answer that question. You cannot just go through and just say like, I don't mind, you know? So you really have to say, what is, what does creation look like to me? Like what is, um, what is productivity? Uh, how do I measure productivity? Right. What's my idea of productivity itself? And, 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 and you, you really have to answer those questions. You cannot get through anymore. And, and that's important in the moment where you take the time away from, from leaders, you, you, you have to push them into this discussion. And that's a very healthy one. Yeah. I remember when I was working at Disney and they were paying me six figures. I mean, I was getting a good salary. And one day I left at five o'clock and the next day there's a note on my door. Oh, come see the your boss. And I go, what's the problem? Said, Why did you leave at five o'clock yesterday? I said, what? I, I said, what about the day before that? I stayed till nine o'clock at night. Where were you putting a note on my door then? I go, if you want to have me punch in at the time clock, you better find another employee. I'm not, I'm not going to do that. Is my work done? Yeah. Are you happy? Yeah. Then what's the problem? You know? And I think it's it's this tradition because, you know, you have to stay later than your boss or you have, you know, this idea of this. I think one thing that may be changing this a little bit is that people are working from home now. A lot of people because of this pandemic. And I wonder how this will change because I, I know some people now that they're working at home, even when things open up, they're not going back to the office because I think some of these companies realize, why are we paying for all this office space? These people can do this at their home. We don't have to pay electricity. We don't have to have them in, in here. And so I think it's maybe going to change, but from the perspective of how can we save money, but not really mm. the idea of this is not productive. It's it's super interesting what happens here uh, right now yeah. with the pandemic because because suddenly you push people in a way that that you, first of all, you cannot measure their productivity in time anymore. And I think the most productive thing that happens to, during this pandemic is exactly that, that a lot of people had to move away from the time. And because of that, they ha had to find other measures. And, 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 and this boost of productivity, I think, that happened, because I saw I talked to a lot of my, my founder colleagues and so on, they said, wow, I, somehow it's all more productive from one moment to the other. And I said, yeah, I wonder why. Because, yeah. because you took this time stuff away and you set the targets right. Right. Mm -hmm. So, so I think, in my opinion, I think also, also like, like home office has a lot of negative effects as well, but they're just yeah. out like, you know, and, and, um, and, but, 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 but I think the, the, the what, what happens is that they're, they are just counterbalanced by this, this, this huge productivity gain, uh, that we have on the side where people do not, do, are not like, uh, uh restricted by the time anymore. And, and the problem, the problematic thing is now that people start now to say like, oh, we need tools that measure if people really sit in front of the computer. I heard they have some applications that actually time how long you're on your computer and have cameras and all this mm -hmm. stuff. Yeah, yeah, and that and that is probably killing productivity again. Yeah. Well, not just that; it's the, the the mentality. I mean, if someone is watching you like a child like this, I mean, it's it's not healthy, and and it's it's not really making you feel empowered. And, and this is what people yeah. want, is they want to feel that I, I've chose this. I've decided to work here. Maybe it's not my ultimate job or my mm. best uh, job imagined, but it's what I've chose to do. I want to have power over my productivity. And if you don't like it, fire me. That's fine. 
but don't monitor me like a child. You know, this is. I think this is going to have some issues. You know, going on. Yeah. No, and and it's vice versa, right? So 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 it's rather that in the moment where you give trust to people, that they then also also like are overly productive. So you were in our Palmer office, and I'm not sure if the if the people there told you, but but basically, like at Trivago, we allowed everybody in the company to. Uh, spend one more month abroad in another office, right? So, so basically, this Palmer mm. office. A lot of people were coming, going there, and then they were going from Düsseldorf to Palmer, and then they were spending there like a month or so with the other with the other colleagues, you know. And and interestingly, like what we could see is, I mean, yes, you would say, okay, they're going to Palmer, and it's an, you have nice beaches in Mallorca, right? It's a very nice environment, and so on. And you would you would think, oh, people going there and they're less productive. So, so my observation was always very different because in the moment where you gave, give people that trust, they want to pay back and they became even more productive, maybe in less time, but they became even more productive than they have been before. So I think this, this trust can really pay out or rather I would say that in, in the majority of cases, this trust pays out. But, but this had to be more particular to your environment because – when you interviewed these people, you were looking for this type of person where now because of this pandemic, not all these people in all the companies have this outlook. Mm. And so there's going to, of, of course, there's going to be people trying to cheat the system. How can I do the least amount of work in the least amount of time? Yeah. But what about this interview process that you were able to find these people? What was this interview process like? What were you actually mm. looking for? Mm. I think it's interesting because um, I, I think not so much that it's about the, the people themselves. I think it's also about the environment in which people are. So of course, of course, if people are in a corporate environment where where basically they are not getting motivated intrinsically because you give them a space and you let, give them the chance to create something there, but you you, you basically motivate them just just through higher salary and whatsoever. So you just extrinsically motivate them. I think then it doesn't work. You're right, right? So the, there the productivity doesn't work. So it has to come, of course, with a company who gives people space to to and, and, and freedom to to create something. Um, regarding the interview process, I, th I think my experience there in the very end was it's not so much about the process of interviewing. But it's rather what's way more important is the way of how you position yourself and how you create your identity and how strong you live your identity to the out, to the outside world. So as a company, you create an identity. You say, okay, this is what we stand for. This is important for us. This is what we value, and this is what we not value. And um, and I think that a lot of companies do not make that. Um, they, they, they don't create an identity, but basically what they do is they, they want to please everyone. So the, what they think is there is a war of talent out there and everybody needs, get, needs to get the best people. So basically I try to please everybody. I, I tell the world I'm everything. Just come to me and you will be happy. You know, and I think companies couldn't do something more stupid because, because in the moment where you basically try to please everybody, you, you will get people in who are not fitting into to your identity and and they will destroy value i think how how you should approach a hire is like a matching process like a matching process to a wife or a mentor whatsoever in in the moment where you say no see this is my identity and and this has to be matched and it's not about getting the most people into the funnel 
It's basically finding finding the right person. And as a company, I think it's important to show your identity, to show your edges, to show what people cannot expect. So I think it's always easy to tell people, you know, how amazing you are. But I think it's also important to tell them what you will not do for them. And um, and I think in that moment, you create a filter. And this filter is way stronger than any recruiting can be. Because the problem is in the recruiting process, everybody wants to win, right? So even the, mm-hmm. even the people who don't like the company, they want to get in. And, and, and especially when you're a company like Trivago and people really want to be part of it somehow, they don't question themselves if they, you know, so, 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 so if, if it's, if it's too shiny, if it's too cool, everything, right. If it's too, too attractive, you know, people will just try to get in. So I think it's super important to, to, to tell people, okay, this is what we, what we are not. Right. And, and for example, we, we also tried to, not pay like the super highest salary like and because we didn't want to convince people by paying them even more right so we wanted mm. to reward them fairly that was always our approach but but it's not but we don't want to 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 attract them through money you know so so i i, I think i think it's and that's a difficult thing to do as a company for example because what you usually would do is you would say oh there's a war on talent so i just pay more and then they come to me but the problem is you paying them more in the next next the next day somebody else pay, pays them some uh, you know i don't know a thousand euro more and they go away again so so mm-hmm. in, the, in the moment where this is the, the criteria how you get people in it will be also the criteria for what people believe you yeah so and, and that's why i think it's it's recruiting is important and there's of course we try to recruit also for 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 like how people how you know how how well people fit into the system of course and how how well are they intrinsically motivated um how mm, how interesting are their stories actually you know that's a ma- major criteria we really look at people who have who have um who have like who don't walk the 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 the, the straight path right so people mm-hmm. who who took ways on the road and they just went left and went right and to see like where they fit in because of course in that moment they you know you 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 create a more complex personality and that was always important for us so it's not that we didn't look at these criteria but on the other side it's just i think it's very important to live your values strongly and uh, to create a community that then people can orient themselves yeah that's i mean it, it goes with this idea of valuing the story of the person and their expression and how they can add to this environment. You know, I remember back in the 90s when I used to work on Wall Street, I went to visit uh, one of our potential clients was Nike. And I don't know if you've ever seen their offices or heard about them. And and this was in the 90s before companies were starting to do this style of of, uh, the corporate uh, workplace. And they had basketball courts, they had soccer fields, they had, I mean, they had everything. And so you would go to someone's desk and you say, hey, where's this person? Oh, they're playing basketball right now or they're doing this. And coming from Wall Street, we say, oh, this is a strange thing. How, how is this working? But it's, it's quite interesting. But what I'd like to get to is you've had success in, in, in these two companies. Now you're doing this investment company as well. In addition to so – you're still working on the board of directors at Trivago. Mm-hmm. And now, and you have this investment company who's doing seed investing for other startups. What I'd like to get into is even your your personal experience of you said, okay, I you went through many failures before you arrived to to the point that you had. What was the the biggest 
theme within these failures uh, related to maybe how you perceived success or how you perceived yourself or these psychological habit patterns from childhood or, or whatever? What was the biggest barrier that you found that made the difference when you became aware of it to get you from all these failures to now succeeding? Mm. I think that's an amazing question. Um, but I really have to think about it. Um, so, so I think there have been different stages in, in my development, but I, it, it's really hard to basically pick the spot, you know, where you say, okay, this is, this is from, this is, this is a development from failure to success because, because ba ba basically I see myself still failing like all the time. So I would not say that now the time has come and now I'm successful, but, but, um, no, no, of course, of course it's a, it's a, it's a continuous process. And, and I, I don't know anyone who's mastered it. And I've met people who are self-realized and they still haven't mastered it. And they are the, the highest, uh, evolved people I've met. But what I'm getting at is, you know, we all have these habit patterns that, that, whether it's we look at ourselves as a victim or we look at ourselves mm. as, you know, it's not my fault that I'm not succeeding, it's their fault. And then we become aware of this habit pattern and say, what am I doing? I'm, I'm in this spinning in this, this habit pattern and it's ho holding me back. Because if you really examine life in general, whether it's mm -hmm. healthy relationships or it's success, whatever this means to you in your, your, your mm -hmm. business or your career or, or in relationships or your friendships or just your living environment, it all is up to you. You're the only one who can prevent you from succeeding. You mm -hmm. know, we, we can say it's because of I was born in this environment or I was looking for a job in this place, but really it comes down to yourself. And so mm -hmm. what I'm trying to get at is what are the, some of these? It doesn't have to be the biggest one, but some of them that you, you became yeah. aware of. Yeah. Yeah, I think, I think, I think I'm probably the strongest uh, theme there is, um, is my, my discovering my self-worth. So, so I think that, um, that there's always a re reason why, you, why you're like an entrepreneur who's at the end also... Um, Who's 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 spending his whole life basically on creating a business work or whatsoever? That there, there must be a reason. So there must be a motivator. There must be a driver basically which gets you there. Because at the end, it's also something where you invest a lot of time into something which you should realize is not the most important thing in the world, right? So so and 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 and, and but 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 for for a very long time I did that. So I was really like extremely driven, and I think it was because. I wanted to fill the void basically inside myself in the way of like, okay, you know, I'm maybe not worthy enough. There is something wrong about me and so on and so on. And that was a very, very, very strong driver for a long time. Um, and I think then basically um, going out of my long-term relationship uh, where, where this was a very strong topic. So like in, in which we had kind of a codependent relationship um, so, so being able to get out of that codependent code code relationship really was a, a, a catalyst for that process where, where I really discovered my self-worth in a way, um, in, in a healthy way. Um, but but um, and, and, and I, I think that was important for my, very important for my further development afterwards because it opened up the door then to be able to 
not be that extremely driven and focused in one direction or I, I could I was still able to be very, very motivated, but it was from a different perspective. So it was not anymore from being unreflected about it, but wanting to do it. And I think that was a very big step forward. So it, w- it was then not for the external feedback, but for this internal innate desire to express yourself or to, to fulfill this idea that you have or to make this idea tangible rather than the feedback that you would get acknowledged for how great of a job you're doing or yes, yes. Uh, this type of thing. I got in that moment, I get way less dependent on external uh, uh, affirmation, uh, which I think was very important for me before. And um, I I wouldn't say it happened just in that moment, but that opened the door. It was 2000, about 2016 or so. And I think it it, it really opened the door for me to to that process that was ongoing for the last four years. And, um, And I think it was very important for me. And, and this was from a personal relationship, but it, you also were able to see how this was affecting your professional relationships. Yeah. So I think, I think this, this, so, so, so like, I, I think in the moment where I took the decision for my personal relationship and where I said, okay, no, this is, I have to stop here because otherwise I'm losing myself. Right. So where, where, mm. I, where I realized I'm completely losing myself. And, and, and because I realized that in a personal relationship, I, I, was, I was realizing that this is, an, is a big topic for me. It's not only in my, in my personal relationship, it's everywhere. So, and, um, and I think that was a big realization. I, I, I was basically uh, uh, losing myself. And I, in that moment, I found myself in a way and I found myself worth. And that, that accelerated like all the development that happened afterwards. Uh, so, so I think it was an important point in, in my, my life it, I think there is I still see it as a continuum and there's a lot mm-hmm. of things that add up over time and I, I would not say that this uh, that's always like uh, there's just this one point but but it's probably an important one now now if we look at these businesses you started Travago is a huge company I mean this is quite a quite a big company was there anything in you that said, how am I going to take this idea and make this 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 huge company, or was it just the day to day thing that got you through this? How how psychology, psychologically, mm. how does this kind of manifest? No, actually, I, I never had the idea to. I mean, it was never like that. I thought, oh, what will I do in five years? And I want to go to Nasdaq or so. Like eh? that was never a goal, or that was never kind of a, a thing that I wanted. I wanted to to check and I wanted to have in my list. So. So I really, um, I, I remember a discussion I had with my best friend, and it uh, was really in the very, very beginning. And uh, it was when we got when we made our first revenue, basically. So we could pay our own salaries, and I was able to pay myself like two thousand euro in that in that in that moment, uh, a month. And um, and he was asking me, yeah, Robert, what what do you do now? Like when you, what do you do if you if you just pay yourself 2000 euro, you know, and that's it. And that's in the, the company stays where it is. And I was like, no, I'm fine. You know, I'm independent. Mm-hmm. You know, I can do what I want, even if I'm just, you know, earning these 2000 euro, I would be totally fine. So it was not that I thought like, oh, I have to strive for this exit or so I have to strive for, for whatsoever. Um, so, so I, I never had that part. Yeah. So even without all of my self doubt or so, I think that was never like the, 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 the thing for me. So I, I really, um, I always took took the took it one challenge with you know like step by step 
you know like mm-hmm. like of course i wanted to of course i had the drive to create to, to create something bigger or you know um and i think the motivation also changed you know i think in the beginning it was okay we want i want to be profitable i want to be financially independent right and then you are financially independent and then you think ah you know i want to create impact right and then you create a lot of impact and then you want to create purpose you know you want to create something meaningful and then you want to then you say like ah i want to self develop i want to learn and grow as a person you know and and so you you go through these different stages of your motivation and my motivation over time definitely changed a lot and um and and today i'm at the point where i think like do i really need a purpose you know and um mm-hmm. and so so it's it it really it really really changed massively over time and and now when you're investing in these startup companies what are the qualities that you're looking at from a I guess you could say a psychological perspective for mm. the people who are coming to you and asking for you to invest in their their company what things what are the biggest challenges that these companies make from going from a startup company to getting profitable mm. because of course there's environmental and there's industry things but isn't it most of it really how they can deal with the growth of yeah. their company and how they can deal with their vision of themselves and the company. Yeah. Yeah. I would, I would fully, uh, fully, fully agree to that. Um, so I, an idea is great, but like, let's, let's face it, you know, like um, building a hotel search, it was not the greatest idea on earth. And, um, and I think at the end it's a, it's about like, what, what do you create out of this? You know, like how, how are you able to, cope with the complexity of the world and, and create something meaningful out of a reaction out of it. And, and that's why, that's why I'm, uh, I, th- I think the world really gets more and more complex. And I think um, I'm looking for people who, who already see that there is not always an easy solution and, and realizing that. And, it's, and, um, and a lot of people say, you know, you want to have problem solvers. Um, so sometimes I think we, we, we overestimate our, our, our ability to do that. Um, and at the end, it's a, it's a lot of ambiguity and it's a lot of complexity that we have to deal with. And uh, when I invest into people, I, I, wa- I want to see that they either are able to do it or they will be able to do it in the future. What, what, do, you, what do you see as the biggest challenge in, in people in general? Uh, of course, you, you're seeing people come to you that are at a startup phase. And what is the biggest challenge, maybe even for you, to take an idea and make it tangible? Because I think this is something that no matter what you do, even if you're working, you know, you have hobbies that you want to do or you have some project you want to work on. This is something even myself, I've had challenges in the beginning of saying, okay, how do I, I have this idea? How do I manifest this idea? And because I, I've had, I, I've had ideas that I've never acted on and, and, and I know lots of people struggle with this. How do you manifest? What are the the challenges that you see, and how do people overcome them? Or how have you? Because mm. anyone can have an idea. I mean, ideas are, are very moving, easy to have. Moving forward, taking the next the, the next step, taking the first step. Um, I think I think that's for me the most important thing. I think. Um, I, I think often we we struggle with this quite a lot. So we, we we think we we start thinking what could go wrong, what do we do here, is it the right thing to do, and so on. So we are all lost in the thought process, or or we we try to 
basically like make a huge plan. So we try to we try to uh, to say, okay, what could go wrong? What could go right? Like what what like like what do I want to create? And then we make this huge and huge huge plan. And what I and and, and I do the same thing. And and but what I would always realize is, I think you know, I think it's important to do a step forward and do something very small into that rough direction where we want to go. And I think with that first step, you get a more, more information again. You get a you get confirmation. You get affirmation. You see that you created something, right? And then you do the next step. So 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 just start with something. You know, a very small thing that brings you in that direction, and then then you know put the next thing on top and the next thing and, the, and then somehow you, you are able to create something that you would not you would not think that you could do it just like three steps before but you were already creating it so 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 it's 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 i i think the problem is really moving forward and taking this first initial step and and it can be something super small and and very kind of naive or whatsoever how you want to call this but but it's already way better when you made when you did this first step yeah and and i i think i think that's that's super important for for creating something yeah that's interesting i read this article where they did the study on people who succeeded in in business and who didn't and they said that the the number of times that the people failed before they were successful and the people who were successful was the same amount as the people who failed and weren't successful. And they said the biggest difference is that the rate that they recovered from the failure. For example, they started they started to they did something and then it failed. And if they took a long time before they took that next step to try it again or to try something mm. close to this, the longer they took between those two steps, the more likely they were to fail completely. Yeah. And you look at the psychology of that. If you fail and you say, okay, and, and I've found this in my own life, you do something and you fail, you say, okay, I need some time to recover. Maybe I'm not doing this right or maybe something's wrong with me. I'm not good enough. But then I, after the study, you start to think, okay, why wait? Just, okay, reevaluate the situation, but don't wait and take that next step again to mm. try it again. Because what you're really doing is saying, no, I deserve to do this. You know, I deserve psychologically, emotionally, whatever it is, I deserve to be successful and I'm not going to give up so easily and, and take a lot of time to recover from this. And it was really interesting because they were saying that the number of times that the, the successful people failed were the same amount of times as the people, you know, who failed and never succeeded. But, but it's just the fact I, yeah. that they they tried again quicker than the other group. Mm. I think it's the speed. I, I call it the speed of the learning loops. That is, that's that's mm. that's basically that's the main criteria if somebody is successful. How how fast can you create one learning loop after the other? Right. So a learning yeah. loop means okay, you try something, you check did I did I did I succeed or did I fail? Right. And then you you create the next loop and you create the next loop. And the speed of this, how fast are you able to create these learning loops? That defines basically your success. It's not because it's always an evolutionary process. And what what's, what defines your rate of success is that how is, is is at the end how fast you go through this learning process, right? And 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 of and of course, how good are you in evaluating the information that's coming back? Because if you're biased, yeah. right? If you're biased in understanding what's working and what's not working, then you might be moving in the wrong direction, right? So that's also, of right. course also very important. 
But then it's basically like, like how good are you in processing this information and how fast are you to, to create one learning loop after the other? And I say that, said that lately, I mean, it's so fun. It's so funny, you know, like when you see a process like uh, Elon Musk, like when he does, does his, 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 his rocket stuff um, with SpaceX, right. And he, he, mm. he tries to uh, tries the first to land the first rocket after it sh- sh- went up and it landed back on the, on the ground. Right. And, and, and you see all these failures and you see like, okay, it fails 10 times. It fails 20 times. It fails 30 times. Right. And all the time, you know, like it, it always fails and never works. And you, and, and everybody is laughing about you, you know? And I think in the moment where, when, when everybody is laughing, you know, you know, I learned so much, you know, like, because, because mm. I thought that because the difference is that you didn't make these failures and I did, I did them. And that puts you in a totally different position. And and people still think you are in, 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 you you are day one, and you still they still think you are worth it if if you would have not tried at all. And it's so wrong, because because it's not that the value of of SpaceX had to go up in the moment where this rocket landed. No, basically the value should go up with every with every failed rocket that bursts on the ground. Mm. <laughs> you know, and I I think I think that's always a very nice 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 picture for this for this idea of of failure and and learning loops, right? And and uh, and I and I and I think and that's why they are successful. They are successful because of yeah, because exactly. They give they give them the, the the chance to fail while everybody else try to create always something perfect. They just fail with everything, right? But it's 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 yeah. It's it's not just that they fail, but they accept that failure and they don't they don't dwell on it. They do like you said. Yes. They they have that learning loop. Say okay, this just like the there's the 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 I don't know if it's true or not, but the quote of. You know Thomas Edison. He was being interviewed before he, you know, figured out the light bulb. And they asked him, "You've tried fifteen thousand times and it hasn't worked. Aren't you depressed about this?" Aren't he said, "No, I found fifteen thousand ways it doesn't work. I'm getting closer." You know, <laughs> and and I think, I think this idea, like I was saying to you, and that you're calling this learning loop, that you can take this idea and not just in business but in life in general. You know, maybe you want to try to live a different style of life or you want to go somewhere or do something, whatever, even some project in your personal life or even relationships. Okay, this one didn't work out so well. Maybe I shouldn't be in a relationship. But if you have this idea of, okay, I need to keep putting myself out there. I need to keep, sure, have a good view of what is working and what is not working and learn how to be perceptive and learn how to see things for how they really are, not through some scratched lens that that you don't see accurately, but you have to be perceptive, but to keep continuing and saying, okay, I'm not going to take six months to to wait to start this again because I'm overwhelmed that I failed, because what you're really doing is you're doubting yourself. Mm-hmm. And it's this self-doubt which is going to make you fail in the future. And it's, there's nothing wrong with having this this doubt but letting it change your behavior is the issue mm-hmm. because you can be afraid to do something. You can be afraid to get up in front of people, and there's nothing wrong with this. But if you allow it to change your behavior, then this is the issue. And so it's really kind of balancing yeah. the behavior with what is really happening. You know, and, and what I always tell people when they're, they do this in relationships, if maybe they didn't have good role models for healthy relationships – I tell them, what would imagine a person, maybe one of your friends, who has a perfect relationship, 
And now when you're in a situation and maybe you feel you're not being treated properly by your partner, ask yourself, what would this friend do in this situation? Would they tolerate this behavior? Would they tolerate the situation? And if the answer is no, then say, well, why am I tolerating it? And Mm -hmm. you have to learn how to differentiate your ideas psychologically to the behavior to because sometimes sure these thoughts you have are not true facts they're not they're not true maybe you have this value of yourself that isn't 100% perfect but it doesn't mean you need to settle for less but you have to learn to go against this feeling until you can change that feeling Mm-hmm. And I think this is true in everything, whether it's business and trying these different business ventures or it's something in your personal life. I think this is a, a really important thing that people can learn and then transfer this into different projects or different ideas. Yeah. No, I, I, I 100% agree. And, and um, um, the business world is, is not the most important thing anyway. So I think there's probably way more important parts of our lives. Well, my my perspective and this is coming from, you know, when I started out, my whole I was living in my car at at 18 years old, 17 years old saying I want to be rich. I can't I can't do this, you know. But then when you start to make money, then you start to realize this is not the answer. And fortunately, I was able to see this but I think the world is changing and, and people are realizing that maybe there isn't this separation between a business world and my personal life. Maybe it's how do I express myself and I express myself in this way, in this environment, but that carries over. I don't change this when I go home mm-hmm. because I know in the traditional way, you went to the office and you act a certain way and you went home and then you acted different with your friends. And, and I think this is changing. I don't know if it's because of the environment or because of the younger generation are, are different. I don't know what it is, but I see this as something that's changing where there's not that separation. And maybe it's just opportunity because people have more opportunity to do something. There's more outlets. You have so many places on the internet you can go to express yourself. You don't need to be a big multi-million dollar company to have a website or to start something. Mm-hmm. And and so I, I see this, and this is what I liked about the, the way you created this environment at Trivago, is that it's more about the individual and how do they learn to express themselves and how does this become authentic, whether it's at the workplace mm-hmm. or not. Because I remember working on Wall Street, everyone went to prep school, they went to boarding school, they went to the same Harvard as their parents, <laughs> and, and and I went there and I came from a completely different background and you thought, okay, I have to fit in here. And when you mm-hmm. try to fit in in this environment, it, it'll drive you crazy because this is not who you are. I don't care who you are. And so then when you start to say, okay, I, I want to express myself the way that's natural to me, you start to have more success and see that this is actually a benefit. You yeah. know, And I think this is kind of how things are going. I believe that we can be the more productive the closer we are to ourselves. You know, so that so I think I think that that life is often a journey um, towards yourself. So so finding out who you are and and I think the more close you can be to yourself and to your inner core, I think the more impact you can have on others and the world is, itself. And and um, and I think the same is true for a company. So um, so I think also that um, so many people see the company always like as a as a way you know a company always should expand and do more things and more things and more things. 
um, I think that the company can be more valuable and stronger when it maybe does less and uh, gets closer to to itself and and f- focuses on what it can what it can really do. Um, so so it's it's very I think I think I think a lot of these concepts that you have in 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 individual in the, your individual psychology and and, and so on it's also true for organizations as well. So I think mm-hmm. um, you can you can you can use a lot of these things also in a in a larger context of an organization. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's 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 very important in but it also is going to take a different outlook from the top of these corporations this idea of having infinite growth, you know, in this corporate model I think is is unsustainable for one thing and it it changes this perspective of what's really the 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 true purpose of this this company. You know, is it to just keep growing and growing to feed the shareholders or is it to create something that is is special or I, I don't know, but some other barometer besides just con- infinite growth? I mean, how how long can we do this and how does this corrupt the world? Yeah, I, I, I've worked for companies where they, they – uh, huge companies where they, they told me, okay – we need to change these numbers because of the end of the quarter. And they weren't, this was, I don't know if it was illegal, but it was definitely unethical and I refused to do it. And this is going on at how many companies? I mean, it's probably a a huge number. And this has to change in some way because how can you continue infinite growth? Even, you know, there's a, a finite amount of resources, and, and this is probably not the best way to focus on, you know, the future. No, I I, I totally agree, especially when you you, you when, when when there comes a point in time when you can just not grow naturally anymore, but you you grow on on the cost of a larger ecosystem, right? And mm-hmm. and I think that's that's what's what, and, and then you start starting exploiting it. And um, and I, I think that's that's what what's what's happening a lot. And um, and yeah, it's a, it's a, I think it's a very uh, important discussion. I, I'm I don't have a solution for it, uh, but I think it's important to to speak about it and and to be aware of it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I think this is one good thing that comes out of this kind of gig community where people are starting to take more independence and saying, okay, I can't trust this corporation or I got fired from this corporation because they downsized or because of the pandemic. And people try to find different ways to do things. And this is how you have companies start up, right? You have Uber, you have all these type of companies because they're feeding this this different way of looking at things. But then Mm -hmm. once they get to a certain size, then they just keep looking at growth as well. But I think at least it's giving more of an opportunity for people to try to, at least at the individual level, to find fulfillment in something other than the economics. I, I think we might realize um, at one point in time, we might realize that um, that because there is so much productivity lost in larger organizations, which is quite natural, that I think in the moment where we find this kind of infrastructure in, on which we can all operate on like the data infrastructure, for example, I think, I think we will see more and more granular companies. I think when we're looking, I don't know, 20, 30 years ahead, I'm not so sure if you, if uh, I'm, I'm, I'm not so sure if it will be a, 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 a like super huge corporations or if not at one point, because they're just not efficient and they cannot efficiently allocate resources. I think these huge corporations will 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 break apart. 
So I think it's important, of course, like in a monopoly that doesn't happen, right? So the monopolies that we create right now with Google, with Facebook and so on, that does not, that cannot happen. But I think in, in, in the moment where you don't have that anymore, I think you will, you will see that, that the companies might get smaller and smaller because smaller units are just more pro- productive. Yeah. So, and I think that could be a nice way, hopefully, you know, that at least that is, that could be a nice way how this could be solved. Yeah. That, that basically yeah. people, people realize that there's way more productivity when we work together in smaller groups and, um, and that this is a, the, 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 the most important thing at the end for the, for the productivity. Right. And, um, and I mean, there has a lot of things have to happen for that. Uh, but, but I think we, yeah, I, I'm quite convinced that we're moving in the long run, we will be moving in that direction. Yeah. Yeah, as technology keeps advancing as well, then it makes, you know, small teams more productive because they can do more because of the access to these these different platforms and these different yeah. things. They just have to have the access to the platforms and, and it's, hap- it's happening already, right? So you have access to, to a technology platform and so on. I think the problem is that you currently don't have the access to the data, right? So so basically, um, Google, Facebook, they're monopolizing data. So I think that's a big um, problem. But in the moment where we see this data in as a way, like how we see like power or electric, like electricity or whatsoever, and everybody has a chance to ex- somehow to access to it in a specific way, I think in that moment you would you would you would create a lot of creativity in the world. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see when this pandemic dies down or, or dissipates or whatever is going to happen to it, how people recover from this. Because you do see some companies who have prospered very well from this, and they continue to to get more of a monopoly, you know, the, the Amazons and Google and this type of thing. But it's also pushed a lot of people into uh, this this situation where they have to figure out how do I want to continue my life because I, I don't want to do it the way I was doing before. It wasn't working. And so I think maybe in the beginning it may not, I don't know, I think it may force more independence with people because they, they've they they've been kind of pushed into a corner where the, now they right. have to figure out how do I survive? My, you know, my company I worked for went out of business or, or the, the jobs are not there like they were. I don't want this type of job. How how do I create my life? And maybe this will be the best thing that comes out of this situation is that it's forced people to take a real hard look at what kind of life they want to have. I definitely think that we're on the on the way there, and uh, and um, and I I think that also people I think they get a generally people start to get a broader perspective on life. So I think I think that. That that probably the, the 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 monetary aspect of it to to be you know I think pe- more and more people realize what you realize in your world uh, in in your life as well that you get to a point when you know it's that where it's just not important you know it's not important to 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 generate even more money or whatsoever it's not making you more happy to do that and and I think that more and more people get to that point and um and I and I think that that gives me a lot of hope you know, seeing that. Yeah, I, I think, uh, yeah, we'll see what happens. I think it's a very interesting times. It's going to be interesting, like I said, to see how this all shakes out. And I agree with you that that this will go this way, but I think there's going to be some, uh, it's not going to be a smooth path getting there. 
because you know? already, I mean, there's so much div- divisiveness uh, within, you know, at least in the United States, I'm sure the rest of the world as well. And I think this is going to have to play out in some way where people recognize what's really happening and how to deal with this overload of information that they're getting, you know, this idea of what's true and what's not true. Yeah. And I think it's, I think this has got to play out before all this gets solved or maybe this, this thing solves all these problems. Mm. I, 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 yeah, I, I see this, I see the same problem. So I think that is probably the, the, the largest, largest problem of our, of our lifetime. One of the largest problems is this, this, uh, this, um, uh, this this kind of polarity that is created through through information that we don't speak with each other anymore that we all start started to live in our own bubble uh, that we cannot cannot like um, communicate anymore with each other we cannot find the common truth anymore so so I, I, unfortunately that is a negative aspect and I see this uh, as well so it will be a bumpy it will be a very bumpy road road I just hope. I just hope uh, it will still progress over over a longer time frame. Well, the thing that it really is about is about how do we communicate, right? And the one thing that I've noticed in the communication that you see from both sides, uh, whichever thing you're talking about, is much of the communication is made to manipulate people emotionally and not to get to the truth, and this is what needs to really be looked at is how are we communicating with each other because you'll present some argument of something instead of people questioning, okay, tell me how you got to this conclusion. You know, let's look at this fact and look at this fact. Instead of doing that, they will say something emotionally to try to affect you. Oh, I thought better of you. I thought you were smart and this is how you're going to you know, answer this question. And you say, well, this is, this is emotional manipulation. This is nothing about – you know, getting to the truth. And coming from my background in philosophy, you know, this is, is, is there's no logic in any of these arguments. And, and people have to get back to logic. I think this is a course that needs to be uh, re, re uh, looked at, at least in, in the elementary schools and high schools and, and maybe universities again, because people have lost all capacity to have debate. You know, it, it, there's nothing wrong with people disagreeing with you. You have to stop taking it personally, but learn to debate and, and talk logically about the other side and to listen to what they say and say, okay, I see what you're saying, but this is, you know, look at this and this, and this is the, the result of it. But uh, maybe this I, is I, for another time. Yes, yes. Um, I, I couldn't agree more. And I, uh, I really, I really love the conversation. Unfortunately, I'm, I, uh, I I have to I have to drop out yeah, that's uh, in the okay. next minute. But it's all right. Uh, but, but I I really I really love the conversation and maybe we just ha- we just need a part two or so something. Discuss <laughs> about these topic non business topics because uh, I'm uh, I'm very interested into that. Yeah. All right. Well, next time we have you on, we we can talk about this. But I, I really thank you for your time and, and coming on here. Like I said, it was a real honor to go to your your company and give that lecture and to to see inside the the office, not just read about what you were doing, but to kind of be a participant, even if it was for just a, a couple hours, and to meet your employees and and to really see what's possible. And uh, and yeah, keep up the the good work and and. You, you know, continue this way, and, and this will really 
change the the way things happen and it's is i think it's important what you're doing because it's valuable not just to you because you're expressing yourself but the environment that you are able to give to all these people and and i think they they appreciate it thanks a lot thanks thanks a lot i'd like to tell you about sing flutes these are flutes that are made by me They're handcrafted Native American-style flutes designed for sound healing. The flutes are tuned to the frequency of 432 hertz, the harmonic intonation of nature. The fundamental note of each flute is in a key to vibrate a particular chakra. Whether you are playing for others or yourself, listening to 432 hertz music resonates inside the body. In fact, they did a medical study where they hooked people up to a brain and heart monitor and played different instruments to them. The Native American-style flute had the most impact in relaxing them. If you're a yoga teacher, it's a great instrument to incorporate into your classes. What I do is I have an app on my iPad that has the sounds of nature, and I'll put on the sounds of rain and play over this to the students at the end of the class. It's a very intuitive instrument to play. There's no musical knowledge necessary to get started. Each flute is unique since they're handmade. I put different artwork on them. I put mantras on them related to the chakras that they're tuned to. So go check them out at singflutes.com, S-I-N-G-H-F-L-U-T-E-S.com. Use the discount code, the story of me podcast and get 10% off. Thank you for joining me today. I hope you enjoyed the program. And again, thanks to Rolf for sitting down and taking the time to speak with me about his life. If you want to connect with Rolf, you can go to leadershipsprouts.org. I'll put links in the episode uh, description. And you can also tune into his podcast, Leadership Sprouts, on Apple Podcast and also Spotify. And again, I'll put links to his podcast and ways to connect with him in the episode show notes. Thank you. Remember, share the podcast with a friend, rate and review it, help me get the word out. It helps me expand the reach of this program, and uh, I appreciate it. Also, if you want to contribute to the podcast, please go to thestoryofmepodcast.com to the contact page and make a donation. Thank you. Until the next time, from the podcast that awakens your inner power through awareness and understanding, allow love to be the current that carries your words and actions. Why?